we uncover what's working and what's breaking on the internet and why. Today, I'm joined by Kamal Sanshta, and today we're going to talk about the Microsoft outage that happened on uh, January 25th, 2023. So it was a very significant outage that at its um, peak or during the majority or the most significant portion of the outage lasted about 90 minutes, but we saw residual impact for more than five hours. So we're going to dive into that and first talk about uh, what happened. So Kamal, take it away. Thank you, Angelique. Uh, this was most certainly a very interesting event as part of we uh, observed a quite large-scale impact that affected various Microsoft services. Now, looking at the event and based on what Microsoft already uh, provided information on when it comes to their limited uh, root cause anal analysis or RCA, it looks like at 7 a.m. UTC, uh, there was a spike in BGP events that uh, quite significantly affected them. Looking one data point before that, you can quite clearly see on the left-hand side where our BGP collectors are that Microsoft Corporation Autonomous System 8068 is advertising their prefixes to their backbone ASN, which is 8075. And as indicated with green color on the left-hand side where our BGP collectors are located, you can see that uh, prefixes are getting advertised and propagated the way it's usually working when everything is working fine. However, if we uh, navigate into the event itself, uh, looking at these uh, various internet uh, BGP collectors, you can quite clearly see that they've changed the colors. Uh, all of a sudden they are all red or uh, they are orange or yellow, indicating that something quite significant happened. Also, that's quite clearly indicated in our interface by the fact that uh, we can see a lot of red uh, striped and solid lines, as part of which uh, they mean that either the prefixes got installed or uh, the prefixes got withdrawn. Now, looking at this particular collector, uh, if I navigate over that collector and I can click on show only in this monitor, that's going to kind of declutter the view uh, to a certain degree. And on the timeline, we can see that uh, metric is uh, path changes, or essentially we can select updates and we're going to observe very similar pattern of the events on the on the timeline. As part of which, you know, uh, it's kind of obvious that there were certain advertisements at the time from uh, Microsoft ASN uh, 8075, which is their backbone ASN. If, if I hover over this, uh, collector and I click uh, view details of uh, of the path changes. Uh, we can see that approximately at seven twelve or seven ten, depending on the collector itself, uh, UTC uh, Microsoft started uh, advertising uh, these prefixes, but this time with the longer ASN path, autonomous system path, as part of which they installed transit providers. Uh, instead of their direct peering with uh, companies where our BGP collectors were located, which is quite interesting behavior in itself because BGP uh, works uh, with something that we call BGP best path selection algorithm, which is the algorithm that BGP uses to calculate the best path that's going to get installed in forwarding table. Usually uh, it's being done by the uh, BGP attributes that are advertised along with the uh, prefixes that the uh, BGP speaking routers are advertising. And in one of the first uh, attributes is so-called autonomous system pod. 
And the shorter it is, the better it gets from the visibility. Now, if you take into consideration that fact, uh, installing of the longer S path is kind of interesting. And now we can see certain uh, level of volatility in this particular event as part of which we can see that at 8-12 for this particular or 7-12 UTC for this particular uh, collector, this particular event is part of which we kind of transition to uh, two different uh, transit providers before installing the uh, direct peering. Um, we can see it repeating several times. And that kind of continued. And we can see that uh, that lasted uh, some more time until approximately 8.22 or 7.22 UTC. And we can see that there was a lot of routing table churn. Now, obviously, uh, these kinds of events are going to be uh, impacting on the uh, from the customer perspective. Uh, and in this particular case, we saw the in, uh, impact in the form of uh, large amounts of pocket loss, which we are going to touch base on a little bit later on. The other interesting thing that happened as part of this event is the fact that it affected summary prefixes as well. Now, uh, summary prefixes are covering prefixes for these smaller prefixes. And in this particular case, we are looking at slash 12. And we can see that BGP updates were happening for them as well. Now, exactly the same thing happened, which means that they were initially withdrawn from the routing table uh, and then later on re-advertised over the transit, ultimately settling on pot uh, using uh, direct peering, the shortest ASN pot uh, one. But it's quite interesting to see that actually this event affected them as well. Now, uh, given the fact that everything here is happening on slash 24 and um, we are focusing on slash 24 to the fact that um, these are the most specific prefixes that are accepted on the internet, we can see that uh, this went from 810 or 710 UTC uh, until 722. And then uh, between 722 and approximately um, 740, um, there was a brief period of stability as part of this, like between 722 and 742, uh, there was a period of stability as part of which this kind of settled down, uh, things calmed down, uh, but then again, it, it kind of restarted. Uh, and then it continued some more as part of which we are seeing inst installation of these prefixes, withdrawals of these prefixes over the transit providers, ultimately, um, ultimately, uh, settling down at approximately um, eight, uh, 845, which means, which means that the, uh, there was a pocket loss that lasted for about 90 minutes, uh, but residual effects of this change continues for several more hours. Now, if I click on the path visualization for this particular event, uh, you can quite clearly see that there was a lot of uh, red color on our timeline. Uh, and our red color in the timeline indicates that there was an elevated pocket loss uh, during this event. Now, if you think about it some more, uh, you are going to quite quickly observe that, uh, you know, uh, these elevated amounts of pocket loss quite closely correlate with the spikes in uh, route advertisements that were observed by Autonomous System 8075 which means that a lot of connections were being teared down. Uh, people had problem establishing connections towards these services. And, and you know, uh, there was overall, um, you know, negative experience for 
uh, Microsoft larger customer base. Um, packet loss is never a good uh, indicator uh, for the service. Essentially, what that means is that even a small amount of packet loss is going to have a, a pretty significant negative event, uh, effect on the throughput. As part of which, if I uh, navigate to our HTTP server view, we can quite clearly see that there was a significant dip in a uh, metric that we call availability. And uh, availability in our case is nothing else than ability to do DNS uh, resolution, which is essentially um, ability to translate domain name into IP address. Connect is first step in establishing any kind of TCP connection, which is essentially three-way handshake. Uh, then uh, you can see that some of our agents actually failed to establish, uh, to negotiate SSL. Uh, some of the agents had problems uh, in receive phase, which is essentially they were not able to um, receive traffic within the uh, dedicated five uh, seconds interval. Uh, um, they were not able to receive the traffic from Microsoft. And then HTTP uh, is essentially what we were getting from the Microsoft's uh, HTTP servers. In this particular case, if I click on table, you are going to see that some of your services at the time when this was happening were returning 503s, but majority of the other agents that were executing this uh, were uh, timing out in receive phase or there were kind of DNS uh, issues or uh, they were not able uh, to establish a TCP connection, indicating that this was a pretty large scale negative uh, event. Um, as you can see here, majority of the impact actually happened during this first 90 minutes of the event, but residual negative effects continued for hours after the event, ultimately uh, later on uh, settling it. Now, Angelique, uh, one of the interesting things that uh, we observed uh, over the weekend was uh, the fact that Microsoft published um, RCA or root cause analysis. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? They published a very interesting RCA. It was, it's preliminary, but, but it actually had quite a lot of detail that's very interesting, and, and we'll discuss that. But before we get into that, I just wanted to ask a quick question about the, the rapid announcement changes that we were seeing. So we were seeing a lot of uh, stability issues in terms of the routes that were in, installed in um, routing tables across many different service providers. So why would that cause packet loss at the scale that we saw? So essentially what happened is that there was a lot of churn. So every time you re-advertise the prefix, um, BGP essentially does that through the method of sending update packet, pack, uh, packet, which contains something that we called NLRIs or network layer reachability information that's tied with the uh, these BGP attributes that I uh, talked about. So every time receiving router you know, gets the update, uh, it needs to look into that, figure out whether that's a update worth considering, so to say, and then it calculates new best path based on that information. Now, sometimes in these uh, updates, you're going to see the withdrawals. Sometimes there are going to be new prefixes, but, you know, uh, BGP protocol needs to examine every single one of them. And that's a very CPU intensive task. So now mm -hmm. if you see, uh, if you look at this event that we just uh, talked about, there was a lot of volatility in terms and rapidity in how often these um, new providers were being installed. So as you can imagine, uh, 
uh, Microsoft is quite popular. These services such as Outlook, SharePoint, and uh, you know various Azure services and stuff like that are quite popular. So every time that happens, uh, quite a large number of traffic gets redir re redirected on the different networking pod between source and the target. Target being Microsoft in this particular case, you know, and then that part, uh, that particular pod gets again. Uh, tear down as part of which you tear down a lot of TCP connections and a uh, new part is installed. You know, that tied together with the fact that services themselves had a problem, you know, responding to legitimate requests during this time, you know, it's going to reflect in uh, this much of uh, packet loss. Now, the other thing is, um, the other thing that I would like to touch base on in this particular case is this like, uh, you know, length of the event. Now we are seeing about like, you know, 90 minutes of like core event plus residual effects of uh, of the event itself you know you have to take into consideration that uh, this is pretty large scale issue that happened during this time and as you can imagine uh, you know warrior's network reliability engineering or service reliability engineering teams were probably paged during this effect for you know uh, impaired services and if you take the uh, scale of the issue, and you know, given the fact that it was a global, uh, global problem, you know, we need to be empathetic towards the Microsoft engineering team. Uh, this was pretty significant. Um, I myself considered myself network engineer, uh, even though I'm not in the trenches anymore on a daily basis. Uh, but you know, uh, I had experience as part of which I was on the originating side of outages similar to this one, unfortunately. Uh, you know, people are going to panic. You want you do not want to believe that the change that you are doing is the one that uh, caused this, right? So you're going to triple check uh, that it's not your change. You're going to start troubleshooting. Warriors teams are going to get into troubleshooting mode. There's going to be a probably um, call sp uh, spun up with the call leader as part of which everyone is trying to figure out what's happening. So there's a lot of uncertainty in these kinds of events and stuff like that. So overall, 90 minutes of uh, events such as this one, you know, given everything that was at stake, you know, and by trying and ensuring not to cause any more harm than there is, you know, it's it, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good response. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, I mean, just on that in terms of what the cause was. So Microsoft stated that the the trigger uh, essentially for this issue was the attempt to change an IP address on one of their routers. Now, that seems like something fairly mundane in terms of an update. So why would something like that have, have had this effect where effectively globally, you know, we saw a massive connectivity disruption. So can you kind of describe like how would that actually work? Why would something so simple it would seem cause such um, such havoc? Yeah, uh, that's actually quite a good question. And, you know, we can only specul uh, speculate from this perspective, given the fact that, you know, we know what they were trying to do. Unfortunately, we don't know too much about the, uh, you know, uh, design and architecture of the network. However, um, Thinking about this particular event, uh, there are a couple of theories that uh, you know might have happened during this time. Now we know that it was a, a IP address change of one of their van routers on one of their van routers that had a cascading effect. As part of which, it originated a lot of messages that other routers were dealing with. Right now, um, if you think about it, um, 
usually uh, when it comes to BGP uh, connections uh, uh, are established in a, uh, what we called full mesh. Essentially every single router speak is linked and speaks to the every other router in the network topology. That's essentially full mesh topology. Uh, however, uh, you know, given the Microsoft scale and in general inflexibility of full mesh networks, uh, people tend to do uh, or tend to use uh, something that we call root reflectors, as part of which uh, you establish uh, BGP sessions uh, towards uh, specific routers in your network that are also BGP speaking routers that are re-advertising prefixes based on certain criteria to the rest of the network, uh, ultimately um, giving you ability not to full mesh with everything. So essentially you decrease, uh, you know, you to a certain degree decrease the complexity of your network. However, at the given risk of, uh, you know, if you lose that particular router uh, and that router does not have redundancy, which I don't believe was the case in this particular Microsoft's case, um, you might end up with outage, right? Now, just from the experience of being network engineer at large scale companies, I can tell you that I've experienced um, similar issues as part of which any kind of networking change that would affect root reflector that's really busy, that's receiving thousands uh, or at this uh, day and age, right? Millions of prefixes from all other uh, transit and peering routers um, would cause something like this. Essentially what happens is that uh, you know, it relays the message to everything, uh, to every single other speaking BGP speaking router, uh, depending on the topology, that might be hundreds of routers, if not more. And then all of a sudden, like BGP best by selection uh, algorithm starts uh, its work to identify whether there are new best prefixes. And that's going to cause a lot of CPU related work. And based on this uh, preliminary RCA from Microsoft, it looks like essentially something like that happened, right? As part of which, um, there was an event, the, the IP address change that caused other routers to recompute paths, which means for the given period of time, uh, you know, um, there was potentially some some amount of black holing of the traffic, like essentially maybe uh, the prefixes were withdrawn or the routers were trying to send the traffic to the, uh, uh, to the paths that were not in operation any longer, right? Now, in general, uh, for regular enterprise companies, that should not happen, right? Like these changes are very quick and swift. And usually when it comes to that, uh, you know, they are going to uh, work fine. However, if you are at the scale at Microsoft or Google or Facebook or other large scale company, uh, which receives like millions of different uh, routes, you know, to different, who knows how many transit providers, direct peerings and stuff like that, you know, things can and does get more com com complicated, right? Uh, so that's one of the things, like maybe they were trying to change uh, some IP address on really busy um, root reflector, which had a negative cascading effect on other routers, part of which it was a lot of CPU utilization spikes and stuff like that on their infrastructure. Uh, you know, uh, routers which were, were trying to send traffic on the paths that are not in the function anymore, ultimately black holding the traffic, right? That's one of the things that could be potential uh, issue. The other one is, you know, it's 2023, people are using SDN. It's not just like, you know, net marketing term any longer. Actually, people did develop solutions and they are working fine, uh, you know. So uh, one of the scenarios that could have potentially happened is that Microsoft had some kind of controller device that's responsible for 
um, installation of uh, proper prefixes or informing the rest of the network that, you know, uh, which prefixes and where should be installed. And if you, you know, kind of nuke that uh, device uh, by change such as this one, you know, um, you might end up in a situation as part of which, you know, uh, your central intelligence is lost uh, as part of which network goes into flux states, uh, which, which which might explain what we saw. Now, which of, which of these theories is, you know, what happened, we don't know, or whether any of these theories is what happened. But, you know, both of these theories about what could have happened actually are possible. So that's what I, uh, that's what I think about this. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think what was particularly interesting about this incident was that initially it wasn't clear where the problem was. So obviously there was a lot of customers, um, both enterprise customers, as well as, you know, just regular users who might've been trying to connect to various applications and services hosted within Azure and may not have initially understood where the problem was. They might've thought it might've been an application issue or maybe like a configuration issue to do with, uh, you know, a particular application, for example. Um, but almost immediately we saw that this was very clearly network related and very clearly this was related to announcements that were being made uh, to Microsoft peers. And um, and then of course, like the impact that that was having. So is there something to be learned from that in terms of how enterprises and IT operations professionals um, approach how they um, determine what's happening, again, in the absence of, of maybe immediate information from the, the provider who, who obviously is gonna be very busy um, troubleshooting an issue rather than you know maybe communicating details. Of course, there are many lessons, but even before we go there, what I wanted to uh, mention is the fact that, you know, based on uh, some of uh, data that we were looking at a thousand times as part of which we were analyzing, detecting, reporting about, you know, uh, similar issues. It's not just Microsoft. We are doing this for enterprise customers for of all sizes, right? Uh, in this particular case, as I mentioned uh, during the demo uh, demo part of this talk, uh, we saw this on large summary prefixes, right? And um, there... Uh, there is one pattern that actually um, um, kind of gets shaped as part of it looks that around 740 or something like that, Microsoft kind of tried to roll back the change. Now, if, if you take into consideration any of the theories that we uh, just spoke about, if you roll back the change that caused all of this churn, you're going to re-churn again. Right. Essentially, what's going to happen is like you take that Lubeck or IP address of that router, you know, and you change it to something else. You observe the issue for uh, some like 40 minutes. You are trying to identify what happened. You identify the change. Uh, the natural instinct uh, of engineers, network engineers in this particular case and any kind of like business person is like, let's roll it back. And if you roll it back, you know, you're going to re. Uh, cause exactly the same effect again. You know, all of these routers that you know uh, that were affected are going to get affected again by the by the potential IP address rollback because they need to relearn the prefixes. Advertisements are going to go uh, go and you know so that might explain why we also saw like um, you know this event happening for mu as much as it did. Uh, but uh, to your point, you know you know 
one of the lessons that uh, everyone needs to take from this event is that visibility is a paramount that everyone should strive, regardless of whether you are, you know, a service provider such as Microsoft in this particular case, or you are using application that's potentially hosted as a SaaS application. This, you know, so for example, if you are using uh, SharePoint or Outlook or something like that, and you are wondering whether it's your network or some, uh, you know, your provider's network, it would have been pretty easy to identify where the issue is, uh, you know. And in 2023, I believe that it's kind of tragic if you are learning about these issues by your customers. So that's completely unacceptable at this stage and age. So, you know, uh, regardless of what it, what it, what is it that you are using, you should really strive towards the, uh, you know, uh, proper visibility as part of which, you know, you can make your own decisions, remediation steps and stuff like that. The other thing is, you know, this outlines the fact that there's no such thing as like mundane uh, uh, change request. Like, you know, this was an IP address change by uh, any stretch of imagination. Like, you know, there's no scenario in which this uh, IP address change could cause something like this, right? It's just not like something that you, you would envision. You know, uh, as part of change management procedures, usually um, engineers are being asked about like, what are the steps that you're going to, take to limit, limit the blast radius of this change. You know, how can you envision that IP address change is going to have this negative effect, right? It's super hard, right? Um, this also speaks about like, you know, operational excellence as part of which you really need to, uh, you know, take into consideration all possible scenarios as part of which you need to limit the blast radius, maybe test it out in some kind of lab before you start or rolling back this. In this particular case, I'm pretty sure that would be really hard given the scale. This would not have happened at scale. Uh, but for many companies, like these kind of changes, you would capture them. Uh, and, you know, one of the things is like, Many of these changes these days are executed by automation. So you should really have uh, some sort of automation or audit that's actually measuring the impact of your change. So it should be a kind of blocking audit as part of which, you know, you do something, you observe the impact and, you know, if there's like uh, impact above certain uh, percent of maybe packet loss or there's a spike in latency or something like that, you know, there should be automation that uh, uh, uses that blocking um uh, blocking audit to, you know, either roll back this change or uh, stop you from executing it further until things stabilize. So, uh, you know, I'm speaking here strictly as a network engineer. Uh, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure that from the business perspective, there are many other lessons that people can learn. But, you know, from the network engineering trenches, these are some of the things that could be done. Yeah, absolutely. Those are those are great ones. Um, so is there anything that we should cover off for the event before we close out for today? That would be everything from my side. Thank you so much, Angelique. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking about uh, issues such as this one. And I hope that one of the lessons that our audience is going to hear is the one about the uh, importance of visibility. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This was really informative, breaking down the outage. So thank you again for joining us and uh, please uh, subscribe and like our podcast. And if you do, we will send you a free t-shirt. So go ahead and do that and send us an email at internetreport at thousandeyes.com and provide your t-shirt size and your address and we'll get that right over to you. So with that, thank you and we'll see you next time. Yeah.